your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller, who's up in Canmore, Alberta. And funny enough, the Pillsy's in the mountains because this podcast peaked over the past couple days. Donka Timmy, appreciate Senators' third overall pick, Tim Stutzla, for joining us on the show. You can always go download those podcasts in the past, but now we move forward and we are previewing real Hockey, the Nodak Senators, less than a week away from starting their bubble experience. We'll do an entire college hockey preview with former Hobie Baker finalist, analyst for the college hockey game on Westwood One. It's Pat Micheletti. And then we have a bunch of news and notes. Some are good, some are bad, but this is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, November 26th. We'd like to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all of our friends down south of the border. Hope you're all staying safe and enjoying a big turkey dinner. But Pilsy, how great is it? This episode, we are previewing real hockey games. Yeah, so exciting to be talking about real hockey. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all you Americans down south, or as we like to call it in Canada, Thursday. Nothing special up here. (laughs) Well, it is uh, special that you're up in the mountains, man. That was quite the journey you had over the past few days. Yeah, yeah. A little uh, quick uh, cross-country journey, trying to do things as quick and safely as possible during these times. But uh, yeah, stoked to be up here in the mountains and stoked to be on the number two hockey show in Canada. Thank you, Sens fans. Yeah, Pilsy, that was a wild refresh on Chartable yesterday, just jumping up right behind Spittin' Chicklets and even putting a little fun on their page, just saying you better go back to two episodes a week because we are coming. And we clearly understand that you guys love our big interviews and we're trying to get as many for you as possible. We've reached out. We've got a couple mega guests that I think would even blow my mind if they came through, but stay tuned, especially like Pat Micheletti. This guy was an absolute stud. Check out his hockey DP page and a great way to start our conversation. I'll leave most of it to the interview, but he was a Hopi Baker finalist at Minnesota. So was Mike Riley. So he's got a good insight on Mike Riley's game. And we also get into the North Dakota senators who is most likely to knock them off because Pilsy going into the bubble nationwide polls, the overwhelming favorite, The number one team is the North Dakota Fighting Senators. You love to hear that. And hey, it's it's no coincidence that the Ottawa Senators keep dipping their toe in this prospect pool because this is such an elite developmental school and the the results are shown in how successful they've been. Man, if they if that season didn't get canceled last year, I think they could have won the entire title. That's not too crazy to say. Well, I think the beauty of the cancellation, if there is one, of course, it's not ideal under any circumstance, but the fact that these players felt that enough to come back. Jordan Kawaguchi, the best player in the country. He's coming back for a senior season. Now as the captain of the team, he had NHL offers. Jacob Bernard Docker, Shane Pinto, you don't think Pierre Dorian would have liked to have seen them in Belleville? Yeah, he probably would have. But at the same time, he understands that building this chemistry and winning championships together, 
is a once in a lifetime possibility. And to, to be as overwhelming a favorite as the North Dakota team is this year, that is saying something pretty impressive. This is a team that had five or six losses last year at the time of the cancellation. And what did they do? Oh, why not just go out and add Jake Sanderson, the fifth overall pick from the NHL draft? This team is stacked. And I think they were one of the few teams, like top teams, that really didn't get hit too hard by players leaving. Like you said, in a weird way, maybe it was a pause positive that that season got canceled because those players have unfinished business and they want to come back and they want to win a national title in the green and black jerseys. So it's, it's amazing that we're going to get to see these guys and Ross and I are going to be tuned into pretty much every single NODAC game from here on forward. Yeah. And if you're wondering how you can watch NODAC NCHC, it's the name of the conference, the national collegiate hockey conference. Anyways, they have put in NCHC.TV and you can get your own subscription. This pod, is going to be very pro-like. Games start on December 1st, so next Tuesday, although North Dakota starts on the Wednesday, and it runs until December 20th. So nearly three weeks in the bubble. There's two divisions with seven teams each, and they'll each play the team in their division. So even though there's multiple teams in the pod, you don't play all of them. It's a way that they're going to keep them separate just in case something bad happens. It won't blow up the whole thing. Now, each team will play 10 day, ten games in the 20 days. So it's going to be very pro-like. Game day, off day. Game day, off day. Now, one of the questions that Brad Barry answered in his press conference the other day, it's unlikely that Jake Sanderson will be playing in all of those 10 games because he will be summoned at some point to go up to the World Juniors in Alberta. And with the Canadian government, with the 14-day quarantine, Tournament starts on the 25th. Let's start counting backwards. Seems by about December 13th, he will need to go. So we might not get a full glimpse of Jake Sanderson, but to me, yes, I'm excited to watch Jake Sanderson. I'm excited to see Tyler Clevin, what he can do, throwing his body around. But the big stars are going to be assistant captain Jacob Bernard Docker and Shane Pinto. What do you think the expectations should be points-wise for those guys? I mean, it's tough to say because this is a whole new kind of schedule. We'll see how these guys uh, kind of adjust to, like you said, a more pro schedule than what they're used to playing college hockey. I think we're going to see Shane Pinto really light it up, though. Like, this is a guy, he's going to be showing the Ottawa Senators that he really is a, an elite 200-foot player. I want to see him continuing to be consistent on the face-off uh, dot. That's one of his best attributes. And that's something in the pro game that is invaluable. Like guys that can win draws. Like he's going to be put on the ice in major situations simply for the fact that they feel like he's the best chance for them to win that face-off and get the puck, whether it's in the offensive or defensive zone, because he's so good both ways. So I think Shane Pinto is really going to have a coming out party here. And Jacob Bernard Docker, I think, He's going to be steady and consistent. Like, this is a guy, I think, we've said it before on the show, he's the kind of defenseman where if you watch him for a game and you're like, oh, I didn't really, like, notice JBD, that's probably a good thing. He's doing all the smart little plays over and over, and he's not doing anything flashy, but he's doing things successfully and helping his team transition the puck. That's what you're going to get from those guys. I'm really excited to see what we see out of Tyler Clevin because – with the the intrigue and the difference of opinions on this guy is just so left and right. We're going to see how it actually plays out when he's on the ice. You know what's so funny about what you said? And I'll touch on Pinto in a second. But with Jacob Bernard Docker, you said if you don't notice him, it's a good thing. 
This guy also had 25 points in 32 games last season. So he is able to get on the score sheet plus 21 as well. But then you look like Johnny Tyconic was plus 20. And then you're like, whoa, wait, this guy had to transfer because he couldn't find a spot. That is how good this team is. And when you look at Shane Pinto, I, I mentioned Jordan Kawaguchi. Those two were on a line together all of last year. And the third guy on that line was Colin Adams, who is a New York Islanders draft pick. Shocker that he wasn't in the Pajot trade the way Pierre Dorian loves to draft and scout out of North Dakota. But you see that with the opportunity to build a second year of chemistry coming off of Pinto winning the rookie of the year in this conference last year. Pinto had 16 goals and 28 points. 46 pims too. This guy was all over the ice. And I think you guys are going to be really excited to hear Pat Micheletti talk about just how dominant he can be. Now, before we get to Pat Micheletti, Pilsy, this is where the bubble gets extremely interesting. Three of the top six teams in the country right now, according to the U.S. hockey polls, are going to be in the bubble, of course, North Dakota at number one. Well, at number four is the University of Minnesota Duluth. And at number six, the University of Denver. Which of those two teams do you think is the biggest threat to knock off North Dakota? Well, that's an interesting question because I think one of these teams has changed dramatically over this offseason. And if you would have asked me this last season, I would have said Minnesota Duluth for sure is the team you got to watch out for. But like I said earlier, UND is one of the few teams that's fortunate that they hadn't really suffered a lot in losses and really gained more in additions where Minnesota Duluth, not the case. They lost two of their top defensemen, and you'll hear Pat talk about them in the interview, but a more important loss and hashtag goalie friendly show, starting goaltender Hunter Shepard is no longer with them. And this guy started all of their games last season and has been a stud for them for the last four years. He signed a pro deal with the Hershey Bears in the AHL, Washington Capitals farm team. Man, and this is a team that uh, prides itself on being a stout, tough defensive team so you lose two of your best defensemen and your starting goalie that's going to be interesting to see how they recover from that and that's a place where another sense prospect a more forgotten one plays Luke Lohite should we see a little bit more expectations in playing time and production this year from him yeah I think so it's a, it's another year in his college career we're going to see what he can do on a really good Minnesota Duluth team and hopefully uh, it's going to be so fun watching any time a different Sens prospect is coming in to play Nodak. That's going to be so fun because this it's basically like these guys eventually are going to be playing together. But for now, they're, they're competing. And we're going to see who really shows off to the Senators brass in this college pod here. So I, any Nodak game is going to be just so exciting. Plenty of previews to go we've got the play-by-play voice of North Dakota hockey coming on next week right before the bubble experience starts but a quick look at their schedule tells you they are not dipping their toe they're diving into the deep end their second game is against Denver their fourth game is against Denver and their fifth game Minnesota Duluth so they are going in against some great teams right away think about these players though they've been running on the treadmill they've been skating and practicing against one another for almost three months now since school started. Every single day. What kind of energy do you expect to see in that first game? Finally going out and being able to hit someone as hard as you can and just not having that, oh, but he's my teammate hesitation. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. These guys are going to be fired up to play, especially after a shortened season last season. Like, they haven't played since March. I think it's going to be very similar to the NHL bubble. Like, let's look at that. Same situation. Those guys were hungry to play. And first game, we saw a quick goal, New York versus Carolina, and we saw a massive open ice hit. I think it was Brady Shea either gave the hit or got hit, but it was just huge open ice hit and hockey fans around the world like that was some of the quickest tweets hockey fans just being like yup we're back and then right after that Justin Williams fought Ryan Strom all in the first period so hopefully we see something similar to that Pilsy it's also going to be fun to see Johnny Tyconic back in action this time wearing the red and black of Omaha I believe they're called the Mavericks great team name down there as well but he's in the other side of the division so they come out of the bubble and then play UND, but we won't see any, uh, what would you call that, revenge game for Johnny Tyconic in the Omaha bubble. It's going to be great, though. So overall, six cents prospects will be playing games on a pro basis. Game day, off day, game day, and I cannot wait. And to stay energized, two games a day in the bubble. It's going to be 4, 4.30 and 8.30 every day with triple headers on the weekend. How do you stay energized for that? You reach for your built Go. Yes, Built Go. It's the number one energy gel in our market. You can break through any wall you may have. Everyone has a wall. Come on. Whether it's mental or physical, just break through it by having your Built Go. They come in easy one and a half ounce packages that you can put in your briefcase and you'll have the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag. Put it in your ODR bag. Power up in a hurry. You can even put it in your pocket. Get through the day or as I mentioned, on the couch. You got to stay aware because you're following all the sense prospects in the NCHC bubble. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy, but without that same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a Monster Energy with a third of the caffeine, and it gives you better results too. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Now, collagen protein, it's fast-absorbing. It gets into my system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Bilko is loaded with good stuff, and I haven't even told you about the flavors. First, I'm going to tell you about how it has beta alanine, B3, honey, and hits you with that kick of caffeine. Now, the flavors, wow, this is where it goes from great to exceptional. Peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. You can have any of those Bilko flavors when you go to Bilko.com. Calm. Now, when I mentioned that it has beta alanine, it's got B3 honey and a kick of caffeine, I didn't even mention that it has B6 and B12. It's got 10,000 of your daily percentage. Collagen, pro joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. I'm telling you, this stuff literally makes you look better. Go to BuiltGo.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Now, use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, here he is, Pat Micheletti. All right, we now welcome a very special guest. He's a college analyst on Westwood One, a former first-team All-American and Hobie Baker finalist with the University of Minnesota. Pat Micheletti, how are you doing today, Pat? Good, good. Uh, Nice to be with you guys. Hey, so we got to start by asking you about another Hobie Baker finalist from the University of Minnesota. Maybe a player Sens fans aren't super familiar with, although he did join the team halfway through last season. You got any good Mike Riley stories for us? 
Uh, I do. Well, you know, I mean, you know, obviously he's got, he had two twin brothers that he played with at the University of Minnesota. His father also played at the University of Minnesota, won a national championship in 1979 and uh, was a good player in his own right. And uh, uh, Mikey's a great kid, super talented player uh, and just, you know, hasn't, hasn't really found his niche yet. Um, you know, the, the right style for him. I think his upside is still there for him. Really, really gifted skater, as you guys know, and handles a puck. And um, putting him in the right spot uh, would is, is really going to help him. So for that right spot, and funny enough, so he's a left-side defenseman. The Sens yep. went out and got two towers on the right side this offseason, Erica Branson and Josh Brown, that typical stay-at-home defenseman. Do you think that yep. those two would be good partners for a guy like Riley who likes to carry the puck? Yeah, I, I'm of the volition, and I've seen Mikey play since he was in Bantams. And, you know, he needs to be a little bit more free-flowing. He needs – I mean, he can create offenses as, as, as good as anybody, really. Um, but, you know, in Montreal, he was kind of, you know, more stuck in that defensive role. And if he didn't, you know, if he really didn't buckle down defensively, that, that was their style, right? And so he really couldn't – you know, get his game going. You know, in Minnesota, he was, you know, when you're playing behind uh, Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba, and Suter, it's tough to get minutes, and it's tough to get power play minutes. Um, and so, you know, for me, I, I think Mikey is, 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 good, is a great power play guy, number one. He makes other people miss. And so if they could let him loose a little bit, not saying, hey, don't play defense, but just let him be a little bit more creative. I think, you know, he can be a real good defenseman. Yeah, and we've seen it. Uh, I think Mike Riley, when when he has the puck, he's a confident defenseman. So I think yep. with a little more time and a little more um, getting used to the Ottawa Center system, I think he's going to fit in just nicely this season. And I want to get to college hockey now. So that uh, yep. that's college hockey in the past. Just yep. a s- simple, basic question for you. Who is the best player in college hockey right now? Who is the guy that everyone needs to have eyeballs on? Well, you can debate that. You know, we could debate it till we're blue in the face. But there's no question that, you know, when, when you look at the best player, I look at it maybe a little bit differently. You know, what does he bring to the table, right? In terms of, you know, skill and, you know, skills, one thing. But, you know, how's your leadership skills, right? How committed are you, you know, to the rest of your making other players on your team better? And and right now for me, it, it's got to be Jordan Kawaguchi from from North Dakota. He had an opportunity to sign in the offseason, um, but he wanted but he wanted to win a national championship. You know, they would have had a good chance to win it last year. You know, unfortunately with COVID, everything was shut down. But you know, he made the the choice of coming back to North Dakota this year. And that speaks volumes right there for me. And, uh, and so, and, and he's ultra skilled. I mean, he's going to play in the national hockey league. There's no question about it. And he's going back to a great team and, you know, they, they feel like they have, a, you know, as good a chance as anybody to win the national title this year. So I, right now I would, I would, I would give it to him, but I, I'm telling you, there are a ton of good players in, in college hockey this year. Yeah, we'll get to the freshman class that's loaded as well. We've seen Michigan yep. come out to a 4-0 start on on the shoulders of, of some yep. great performances there. Sens fans, very happy that you mentioned Kawaguchi and his team, the North Dakota Fighting Senators, we're calling them. It yeah, yeah it's not the truth, right? four of them, hey? Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder if that is that really an American League team or, or a college team? 
Yeah, I wonder, like, if Dorian's <laughs> got to put Brad Barry on the payroll or something at that point. But you look at the incoming class joining Jacob Bernard Docker, who also, I believe, could have turned yeah, pro. Same player. with Shane Pinto. Two guys yeah. who probably could have started in Belleville next year if they wanted to, maybe even challenge for a spot in Ottawa, but they have that unfinished business. They've got 30 out of 40 first-place votes in the polls. How is it possible that they could not be the national champions this year? Who's the biggest threat to knock them off? You know, college hockey, you know, anybody can beat anybody on, a, on any given night in, in college hockey. And I say that because, you know, you got some guys, they, they have a hard time getting up and getting ready and knowing what it takes to, you know, to, to, to play every game. And, you know, some nights you're, you're going to have clunkers and, and it happens to everybody in college hockey. Uh, happened in North Dakota last year for, for a bit. But that being said, I mean, you've got Minnesota who's, you know, has 14 draft picks on their team. And, and Bob Motzko's done a terrific job um, of kind of taking the, the, the bumps from a year ago, playing a lot of younger players. And now those guys are at a point where, you know, they're, they're a lot more mature. And, you know, they've got four defensemen who literally one pass, one escape, you know, can get the puck right out of the zone. And if the puck's not in your zone, you're not going to be in danger areas. You're not going to give up pucks. Uh, Minnesota's awfully good. Scott Sandlin up in, in, in Duluth with his Bulldogs. They lost a lot with uh, Dylan Sandberg, who signed with Winnipeg. Uh, Scott Perunovich, who signed with the St. Louis Blues. When you lose those two guys, you know, it, it takes away a lot from your team. Uh, and, and, and Hunter Shepard, their goaltender, who also signed a pro contract. Um, that being said, the system that Scott plays up in, in, in Duluth, they're tough to beat every night. You know, you better get to three goals when you play them. And so his system is conducive for them to win, and they'll be right up at the top again. Michigan is loaded, as you mentioned, with future first-round picks. And, you know, what they have uh, coming back. So they're, they're an awfully good team. They got to, you know, keep the puck out of their net, um, which has been a problem. They seem to have corrected that with uh, uh, Horseman. It was, it was their goaltender, uh, really good goaltender. Uh, so, you know, I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot of good teams. But, you know, right now, I, I, honestly, I'd pick Minnesota, North Dakota, um, you know, maybe Boston College, who has, who's got a lot of uh, – really young kids who are again number one draft picks boldy new house um you know the list goes on there so they are very very talented but you know what um right now teams look good some teams you know have to find themselves uh with this COVID thing you you, you know you just don't know and that's why i kind of put things on the back burner until we until we get to to, to march yeah, that's a fair thing to assess. And when coaching comes into it, college hockey, I think it's very, very prevalent. And you hit on Coach Sandlin up in Duluth. Now, the Sens yep. do have a prospect there, little-known sixth-rounder, but Luke Lowheit. What kind of lessons can a bottom six forward learn under such a legendary coach like Coach Sandlin? Well, I know they like Luke an, an awful lot. But, you know, when you are loaded with uh, a junior and senior class as they were a year ago, minutes are hard to come by. But see, Scott does the right – I mean, he, he builds these kids and he teaches them. He doesn't put them in a spot where they're going to fail. And then there comes a point in time where, you know, he says, hey, guy, it's your time now. It's your time. And they're ready to go. And, and that's why – you know, he's had a lot of guys make it to the pros, and they're really well-schooled 
on how to play the game. You take the talent aside, but then you take all that information that Scott gives to them and teaches them. And uh, he's done a terrific job uh, up at UMD. And, and uh, again, Luke will be the benefactor of that. Obviously, the Senators have a lot of prospects in NODAC, but yep. I want to touch on uh, all the prospects they have throughout college hockey first. Yep. And speaking of one from NODAC originally, Johnny Tyconic. What can yep. you tell us about Johnny Tyconic and um, his transfer from NODAC to Omaha? Like, what kind of role do you think he's going to have in Omaha? Sometimes, uh, you know, I mean, he was highly touted, right? I mean, highly touted. And, and, you know, I, I don't know what happened there and, and why the transfer occurred and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, 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 and that's fine. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't. That being said, when you have the talent that, that he has, right, it's getting in the right fit. It's getting in the right environment. It's having the right um, coach that is going to say, you're my guy. And here, you know, and, and that, that gives a guy confidence. Listen, he went, to a, he went to a spot where, guess what? I mean, they're loaded. They're loaded on defense at North Dakota, right? I mean, we could we could name them down the list. And you, you don't know, you know, maybe it wasn't the hockey part of it, okay? You know, it could have been the school part, you know, getting acclimated. Remember, these guys are young kids, and we all expect them to be superstars and, and make that jump and, and, and everything, but it takes – time i tell people this all the time you know guys come in highly touted they struggle for a little bit um and and it, not because so much of the hockey as the other the other things school um you know social life uh, all of that involved and then and then again it's a it's a big step to college hockey it it, it really is um you're paying playing at a different pace and and, and it takes time to, to get used to, you know, to playing at, at that level. So now Johnny Tyconic is at Omaha, the host of the NCHC bubble, where Nodak is also one of those teams, Minnesota Duluth. So it's going to be quite the cluster of Sens prospects there. What's your take on the bubble in general? Do you think it's going to work well? I know there seems to be some change in the guidelines surrounding it, but do you think it's going to go on without a hitch? Well, you know, we just lost the team. Colorado College will not be going to the bubble due to a COVID outbreak. At least that was as of this morning, but that could change. But they're not off quarantine till uh, December 1st, the night of their first game. Listen, the, the NHL was fabulous in their preparation and their work and their due diligence in making the bubble successful. The difference would be is that the funding that the NHL has is a little bit more than the college. Okay. If you've been to the Ralph before, you might say otherwise that you well, they got yeah. a few bucks. Yeah, they do. Now, that's <laughs> North Dakota, right? But universities in general. And but that being said, I think the commissioner of the league, Josh Fenton, has done a, a terrific job in, in the protocols of getting everybody there. They have to go a week early, so they'll be heading there. Either they're there or they they will be there tomorrow, and they will have to quarantine there. I'm hoping that it works. I think it's the best scenario for college hockey. You know, we saw a team in Minnesota go down the other day, Minnesota State, Mankato, who is loaded again, by the way. So they are in quarantine now. And so I think it'll work. I think it'll be great for the league, you know, playing with the 40 games in 20 days and uh, a lot of hockey and, and uh, it'll test some teams. But I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, they can pull it off. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Pat Micheletti. Lots of great college uh, season preview info there. We're going to get a whole lot more college stuff for you guys because UND season right around the corner. And this is going to be a long season in the pod for these guys, but they can stay energized with Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate with nut flavors, eight chocolate without nut flavors. And you already know it. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. The best part, they're soft. They're easy to chew. Bring them anywhere. Bring them to work. Bring them on the mountain. Bring them while you go for a hike, wherever you want. The best part about these, you're going to love this. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And the flavors for Built Bar are just so good. You already know. Pillsy's pick of the week coming up and I'm going with peanut butter brownie. You get that peanut butter protein kick with that brownie, nice, sweet candy bar flavor that everybody loves. You got to try a peanut butter brownie built bar flavor and built bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. Once again, built bar, Dot com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your first order. Pillsy, that was some extremely high praise of Shane Pinto's game. And we put up a poll at Send Central. Go there right now. Have your say on Twitter. Which of these two Sends center prospects are you more excited about? Reply with who you voted for and what the other would have to do to change your mind. Now, early returns show 90% in Josh Norris's favor. That's fair. He's proven it at the AHL level. He scored 31 pro goals and won AHL Rookie of the Year. That's where your vote went, eh, Pills? Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, sick poll, Ross. Really close call here. (laughs) Usually we get the polls a little closer, but this one, Josh Norris really tearing away. And I just think it's it's because Sens fans got to see a closer look of him in Belleville. Wearing the team colors, too. That helps. Yep. And geez, he even got some time in the NHL. So like the, the spotlight was on Josh Norris. I mean, anytime you score 30 goals in your first season pro, that's going to give you a little boost there, but put a chip on Shane Pinto's shoulder. Why not? I think that he's going to, he's going to be a guy that is going to have a massive season at UND. And I, I love what Shane Pinto brings. I just think with the way you worded the question, Josh Norris is going to be a little more exciting to watch. That's fair. I commented as well saying the AHL Rookie of the Year versus the NCHC Rookie of the Year. So talk about a spoil of riches in the Sens prospect pool. If both those guys became middle six centermen, this team is on the right track for success with Timmy Superstar leading the charge with Brady and Daddy up on line number one. All right, we're going to get more into that debate tomorrow, but wow, it's not all good news. Hockey Canada, their World Junior training camp has been shut down due to a potential outbreak. Now, as of right now, it's just one person but who had close contact. So all the players, all the coaches, everyone is in self-isolation. Has anybody checked on Ridley Gregg? Yeah, I hope Ridley Gregg has a good Netflix, Crave, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime account. Hopefully he brought his PS5 with him. Like this guy is going to be the king of quarantine by the time this is done. So hopefully they get things going back soon. Everybody healthy, everybody safe. And uh, we can see Ridley Gregg get to enjoy some of this training camp instead of just being quarantined the entire time.
Yeah, because so he tested positive on the 8th. He basically just finished his quarantine. I wonder, though, if he was even incorporated into the team yet. It might have been a day until, and that would have been a blessing in disguise because at least that way he could still skate with the, the other two college kids who haven't been able to join the team as well for the same reason. But, man, how tough would that be? You finish your 14-day quarantine, he had tested positive, and then – you come out and the next day you have to go back in for another two weeks. Now let's spin zone this to good news. Better it happened now than two weeks until the tournament. So hopefully this is just a lesson for the team and for the coaching staff that this is serious. And if, if one person gets infected, the whole thing, all bets are off. So we're hoping for health for team Canada and, uh, hopefully they can get back onto the ice as soon as possible. It's really unfortunate that the game against the uh, CIS All-Stars is going to be canceled. That's always something that I'm sure both kids on both sides really look forward to. And hopefully by next year, things will be a little more normal. And that we, we do wish, hopefully, that no more cases do come about. But now we turn our attention overseas and a debut of Ascends in Europe. Goalie-friendly show, Mad Sogard. Did he get the win, Pills? Big time he got the win. And what, yeah, what a debut for the big Dane. Mad Sogard, just an absolute Viking, an absolute monster out there. And he stopped 38 of 41 shots in a 4-3 win. And how about being named player of the game your first game? Like those, those guys in the dressing room there got to be stoked to have a guy like Mad Sogard come in for them and stop pucks. And I love seeing this too. Like I, all the Sens prospect goalies, Mad Sogard, Levi Marilainen, and Philip Gustafson. I want them to be just peppered with shots. The more shots, the better. Get them as much experience. Because who, like, really, let's be honest, who cares if they win the games or not? We just want good development. So get them lots of shots and get them experience. And what a way to start off for Mad Sogard. It's amazing. It's almost as great as what we've seen out of red light Rudy Balsers here. He is just dominating, as you would expect, the the Norwegian league are you almost upset that he didn't go to a tougher league or is this okay if you're Rudy uh I wouldn't say ups, upset I mean anywhere he's playing is good and th- this is his club right he's he's been there uh, many times before the Stavanger Oilers probably feels like he's giving back a little bit yeah yeah I think so and <laughs> what did I tell you guys about Rudy can't stop won't stop four points two goals two assists in an eight nothing win like what a game that must have been but he's going to continue rolling along here he's got six goals and 13 points in nine games I think four straight games with points like he's going to dominate this league so yes maybe I wish he was in a Swiss league or a Swedish league where there's a little more competition but I think this is good for him too. get his confidence up have him coming into camp with uh, a big head on him, you know, thinking he can do this. He's done it in Norway. Why can't he do it here? And he's going to be pushing for that third line left wing spot. Well, all he would have had to do to get that confidence up is just listen to uh, Tuesday's episode of the Locked On Senators when I said that he would look great beside Stutzel and Dadanov to start Stutzel's NHL career. But you're right. And it wasn't just points in four straight pills. He's got goals in four straight games, six goals, 13 points in nine games with Stavanger. So we talked about the good, and that's Balsers and Sogard. We talked about the bad, and that is Team Canada having to shut down for a little bit. Now the ugly. And fire up the car. We're going to Switzerland. What the hell is Damian Bruner doing suckering our boy Branny? 
the franchise. How dare he? Yeah, just unacceptable. Like Damian Brunner, a 34-year-old vet. He played a couple seasons in the NHL, actually, uh, like eight, eight years ago. Actually put up some decent points, if I'm being honest. But look, this guy tried to sucker punch Branson right in the face. Like, luckily that missed. He really put a lot behind that. With and- a fishbowl on. I know, like, come on, trying to be a 34-year-old, 5'10", tough guy with a fishbowl on going after 21-year-old kids? Get a get a life, dude. Like, what are you doing? Um, but you mentioned the ugly end. Yeah, it, it is ugly for Branstrom's team over there. What are they, uh, what are they Ross? The SEL Panthers? The Lions? Oh, the Tigers? The Bears? <laughs> what are we talking about here? No, Their I'm team just that can't score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... That's for sure. If you're unsure about which big cat they represent, the scoring is a problem. They only have two wins in nine games. One of those wins was OT, and the other one was a one-goal difference. But and who franchise... got the game? Who set up on the game winner both times? <laughs> you know it's franchise. And look, he he's been consistent though. Seven points in nine games. You can't get too mad at that. But thank God that sucker punch missed, or else yeah, we're we're getting the Sens army together and we're heading to Switzerland. They've scored six goals in their last four games. And in that one win, they scored two goals. Branny had two assists. So great work by Brand tries when he's not getting absolutely suckered. Damian Bruner, you just made the list. And as we wrap up for today's show, we want to tell you about tomorrow's show. We told you about a great topic. We're going to do Josh Norris, Shane Pinto. It's a, it's a debate that's very healthy. Although, Norris with a two-year head start on Pinto, but we also have a very special interview. If you didn't see Frankie McDonald, the world's greatest weatherman, put out that video talking about Sens changing their logo, well, we caught up with Frankie McDonald, and he will be on tomorrow's show. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.